This podcast and the following message are brought to you by CallSource. CallSource exists to help automotive brands and dealers improve performance on the phone. CallSource has been tracking and analyzing calls for over 25 years, and they have the highest rate of reliability in the industry. CallSource is the only call tracking, processing, and marketing attribution solution who is here to improve your customer journey for every stage of your business. With CallSource, you can own every lead. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash CallSource. And thank you. Well, you know, I always like to kind of joke that I'm one of those believers that I washed my hands before it was a popular thing to do. Um, And I'm not trying to make light of any of this. Um, But when you talk about the impact on that coronavirus is going to have on the car business. The reality is that there's not a single person on this panel who actually knows. Mm-hmm. But we as leaders within our industry and our space have to first start with common sense, make sure our teams are safe, make sure our clients are getting the service that they need from our organizations. And we have to serve the needs of our people and our clients, period because we do not have the answers. We do have years of experience, of applied experiences that guide us through this. But the same things we talk about internally with our staff is travel if you feel safe doing it. If you don't, no retaliation, don't travel. But there's not a single member of our team who hasn't said, there's no way I'm not gonna go see so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so. And when we talk to our clients, I was like, just don't shake client, don't shake hands do an elbow or greet a customer and say, thank you for coming in. We're not going to shake hands today. That doesn't mean I'm not engaged and wanting Mm -hmm. to get to know you and your needs. And so I think it's just about, you know, using common sense, be very aware because Bill's right on the money. Nothing is worse than somebody cracking a joke about thinning the herd when you're worried about the significant impact on an unknown virus that has a 15% plus chance of killing somebody in a compromised state over the age of 80. That's, that's serious stuff. And we can't joke about it. We have to be serious about it. That was Katie Jackson Richter from Cuneo Advertising on a recent panel discussion talking about the impact that the novel coronavirus was having on the auto industry. What she didn't know at the time was that we were headed for a global shutdown. From Autoverse Media, this is Autoconverse. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse Mobility Tech and Connectivity Podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies on how we are connected and the way we get around. When the novel coronavirus first reared its head into the United States, the 2020 NADA show was just about to take place in Las Vegas. President Trump at that time had already blocked airline flights from China entering our borders and his potential opponent for this year's election had publicly called him a xenophobe. Now, if that doesn't highlight the reversal in political rhetoric since then, how about the fact that while COVID-19 was discreetly spreading itself to thousands of unassuming Americans across our homeland, Democrats were pushing for impeachment 
and the FDA was trying to crack down on team vaping. Seems like a century ago now. now. As for the auto industry, here's a clip from a recent panel discussion on February 11th that sheds light on our sentiment at the time going in to NADA. And when you listen, notice two things about the way I frame the conversation. One, my express concern was based on the idea that Las Vegas is a popular tourist destination for Asians. This reveals my own naivete that the disease wasn't already here. I also had doubts that the city of Las Vegas would want anyone to know if there were cases of COVID-19 in their city. Okay, final thought. And then this is a little bit serious. I didn't mean to say it's funny. It's a little serious, but I had a, a call today and NADA came up in the conversation and the uh, person I was talking to said their company uh, bailed out on NADA, uh, forced them to hold off because of the coronavirus. And it hadn't occurred to me, but they, they, had, they basically had to pull out. The company didn't want any of their employees going to Vegas because there's such a large, you know, uh, tourism spot uh for for the asian for you know for the asian um uh i guess countries and as i thought about that i'm like i didn't think about that right i didn't think about it either now you got me thinking about it i know (laughs) yeah how many cases of coronavirus are are in las vegas right now well here's the thing let alone the u.s at i think 11 is 13 but here's the thing hold on i i got you got to think about this if there were issues of coronavirus in Vegas, I believe that the Vegas government would do everything they can to not let that out. They would not want that to be known. All I'm saying is for all the people who have made fun of me for my germophobia, <laughs> my wiping down of my armrests and my seat on the airplane, traveling with um, Lysol and wrapping up my remote control with the ice bucket bag. <laughs> Here we go. See, good, there's good. reasons for who's, it. Who's going to have the, uh, the the mouth cover uh, tchotchkes? Yes. Yeah. Surgical mask. I've always frowned upon it, but I don't know. And this came up today. It's got me thinking. I'm like, do we need to take precautions? We need to be a buzzkill, Ryan. I know. <laughs> I was boarding a plane last Tuesday, and there was a gentleman sitting next to an open seat, and he had a mask on. And he noticed me looking at him and he pulled his mask on and he goes, no, no, I'm not sick. I'm just not wanting to get sick. I promise you, I'm not sick. So you can sit here. I was just really paranoid. Yeah. Well, something to think about. I felt it was important enough to bring on it. And Thanks, uh, Brian. it definitely got me thinking. Don't shake hands, just pop elbows. You'll right? be fine. Do bro yeah. hugs. Now, as you can see from the conversation, none of us had an inkling of what was about to happen in our country, across the globe, let alone within our industry. And two days later, most of us on that panel were in Las Vegas doing what we do, working hard and being family. The coronavirus, let alone a pandemic and a global shutdown, was not even on our minds. Coincidentally, I contracted a virus while I was in Las Vegas and came home with a significant fever that laid me up literally for two whole days and took me an entire week to return back to full health. Now, was it COVID-19? I may never know. But a month later on March 10th, still one day before the NBA had postponed the Jazz Thunder game just prior to tip-off, a move that triggered the domino effect that led to today's current global shutdown, 
we had a follow-up session with two of the same panelists and a few others. Now, let me tell you, our sentiments were a stark contrast from one month ago, and we still had no idea what we were about to be facing. Unlike the session before, where coronavirus was the final segment and less than a two-minute conversation, the March 10 session led off with coronavirus front and center, with me asking each panelist if, and if so how, the coronavirus concern was affecting them. And for contrast, at this moment in time, the nursing home in the state of Washington had just had their outbreak, which was the first real concern in the U.S. And the number of people globally reported as being infected by the virus had just reached 100,000. Okay, so here we are. Coronavirus is going to lead off this conversation. It's taken the world by storm. We'll, uh, We'll be talking about other things as well. Uh, to, uh, in the in the second half, but let's get let's get going here on the coronavirus. We were just up here chatting for a little bit about uh, how that's been impacting us. Katie, you're up in Minneapolis. I think you said uh, traffic was has been pretty light lately, which is definitely a sign, huh? It has been um, the last couple of days. My normal 45 to 50 minute commute, um, which I always say are highly productive moments of my day because I'm on the phone all day, have been cut down to about 25 to 28 minutes. Um, now it is starting to get spring break season in the twin cities as well, which everybody flees. Um, but it feels it's a little early for spring break and everybody, I I literally said yesterday when I got to the office, I felt like I was being punked and I just drove to work on a Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, all right, what am I missing? Who's, I like that. Who's punking me. Remember Ashton Kutcher when he would do, was it, you got punked? When MTV was really a thing, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Bill great, Playford, great to see you up here. It's been a few months. Um, how about you? What's um? Any have you had any direct? I guess as have you seen this whole coronavirus panic impact you and your dealers in any way? No, I mean in Michigan, it hasn't been confirmed yet. So everybody's out licking handlebars and you know touching their faces and not washing their hands yet. Um, just joking. Um, but uh, the one one thing that I've seen is just gas has gotten cheaper. That's like the only side effect I've seen other than just speculation and conversation and people going into bunkers and stuff like that. But I mean, we haven't really seen any kind of things like that at all. In terms of any like mathematical things that have gone on my dealerships, I've seen nothing impact-wise at all. Agreed. I've seen no change in search volume. I mean, year over year, adjusted for the season, um, actually a couple of my stores had like record Februaries, which is, you know, crazy. So uh, I haven't seen any kind of impact just yet. Well, there's lots of buzz going around. Events have been canceled. I think the fact that South by Southwest in Austin was canceled really set the precedent, at least in the U S that, mm-hmm. Hey, you should cancel your events too. Um, I know, I know Facebook had a corporate event that they, they pulled out on, um, speaking of dealers, uh, Jim Kay, who who shared an article with us, there was a, you know, the um, Seattle, Washington's got probably a larger outbreak, if you will, of anyone right. of any area. And they had a, a, an employee at a dealership um, that tested positive. So they ended up closing the dealership for a few days, but they've reopened. Um, would you agree, and a general blanket question, Mike, Katie, whoever, would you agree that the... Um, reaction would you agree or disagree that the reaction 
is warranted or unwarranted? I guess, I guess, would you, would you say, Mike, that it's warranted or would you say it's unwarranted? I have no idea if it's warranted. I just know that speaking as someone that's, that's, you know, got a personal stake in it, I'm about to send my son to New York City on an engineering trip and as rational as I'm trying to be about it, the, the irrational fear is definitely causing a, an internal panic. So I can get it, you know, I mean, I understand rationally, I, I want to be prudent and the chances of him catching something are very, very slim. The chances of me catching something, I'm still booked to, to go to travel, uh, to go to all my dealerships. I just came back from Northern California. I didn't think twice about it, but I understand that there are people that are very concerned about it. So it's tough to to find a middle ground. You know, on the one hand, you got people saying it's it's nothing, don't worry about it. Other people, you know, other other things like the flu and other things are killing more people. And then you got other people that are completely panicked. I mean, I was in Walgreens this morning and looking for some little uh, just hand sanitizers to send with my son to New York next week, and it's wiped out. There's there's no sanitizer to be found anywhere. So is it is it a panic? Sure. Is it an overreaction? Maybe, but would that overreaction be good served and keep some people healthy? I don't know. Well, I think I think, the, I, I, think say that. Go I was just going to say statistically, I think a hundred thousand people have been uh, infected and about three thousand people have died. This is globally across the U.S. and and for certain, it, we know that the strand is is basically just a strand of the cold, uh, you know, and flu. Uh, rel you know, so relatively mild. I think the big concern is because it's so mild, it's so easily spread, which has kind of justified, hey, let's get this thing stopped while, you know, while we can. Um, but again, focus here is how is this impacting automotive, auto retail? I have a couple articles to reference, but Bill, I know I cut you off. Bill P., what were you about to say? Well, I was going to say though too, and it kind of goes to your point, is that the fact that it can be spread and the fact that it takes so long to incubate. So for healthier young people, they may not see the symptoms and they may write it off, but they might get around older folks. And that's, I'm, that's what I'm way more worried about is like our parents' generation or older because they don't have the immune system or anybody who's got diabetes or is on steroids for arthritis or I'm an asthmatic, you know, so I kind of, you know, worry about people who have chronic illnesses uh, and just the people not taking it seriously. That's my big, my big problem with it. So this whole notion of like, it's tied to economic gain or it's, it's some political horse shit, you know, sorry, but like, it's not, it's a, it's a disease we've never seen before. And it actually, it's not like a cold. It's like SARS. It's a, it's a version of SARS. So SARS and mirrors and any of these other animal communicable diseases, we don't necessarily know all about it. We kind of understand SARS and mirrors because it's happened before. You've had time to understand what the vectors are, periods are, and so on and so forth. But we don't know. It says literally new coronavirus. Like we don't know, and it's not like China is going to be the most uh, forthright giving out information on this. Like I think the stuff we're seeing in Europe right now is a lot more troubling because you know we're you know much more friendly with them and their media is a lot more open. I think that's probably part of why people are overreacting so much is because you're seeing some of the other countries and the reactions they're having. Now, later in the conversation, I challenged the panel as to whether or not the auto industry can learn from the coronavirus scare about the importance of collaborating and sharing information to accelerate innovation. You guys, let, let me actually take this to a, a really make a, a turn here on, the, on that line of thinking and what we can learn, because this is actually what prompted me to say, let's get on a panel and talk about this. Um, 
and I'll, I'll cite David Metter on this. I think most of us will probably know David Metter. Years ago, and I'm talking almost, almost 10 years ago, his whole message to the industry was we need to work together more, right? We need to integrate better. We need to collaborate better. There's a lot of silos in, in, in technologies with automotive. And one thing I noticed with the, when, the, when the coronavirus scare came is that actually, the, you know, health, uh, you know, health um, organizations and governments started, started collaborating and sharing. Right now, they're sharing the genomic research to quickly come up with, you know, it can take two to three years to come up with a cure for a strand. And right now, the world is actually working together to have it within three months. I think it was Trump that was like, we're going to get a cure in three months. And everyone's like, no, we're not. And, you know, I think like Steve Jobs, Trump's like, yes, we are. And you're going to make it happen. And, and that's happening. There's this whole coming together. And I was thinking, it just got me thinking back to with the auto industry. Uh, you know, can, can we take that as a lesson? What can we gain as an industry, as vendors um, with efficiency and technologies by, by doing something similar, being more collaborative? What's Bill S. have to say? We haven't heard from him. He's been quiet. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This is great. You've all given really good comments. I'm just thinking, I just traveled from Florida last week doing a tour in Florida in the RV industry. And they're obviously worried um, about the fact that their business is changing and it's changing all at once. Not, a, not only is their model changing with people not wanting to go out and look around and be as social. They, they have events like RV shows or boat shows, but there are a lot of competitors that are buying up these mom pie industries. So it's, it's changing a lot in that industry. But I notice when I'm flying, there's a whole different sediment of how people are getting on the plane and boarding. I'm watching people use the Clorox wipes on everything around them. Um, I think it'll change the demeanor of how we will share we're not gonna travel as much from here on out, I think for a while. I have a, a workshop a symposium that's coming up and there's 66 dealers in the RV group that have signed up. There were only 30 before. So this idea of not traveling and doing business together, I think it makes sense, right? I think, sorry about that. I think we're gonna be in a situation where um, we're going to have to learn how to integrate a little more. I think it's, it's, it's a long time coming. I know if you've all traveled, you, you either love it or hate it. But if now if you get somebody Papa. to listen to you on a video, it makes a big difference. You know, I think our industry is, it's, it's ripe for deeper collaboration and working together. As long as greed is... A leader, I, I'm sorry, am I allowed to say the business, our industry has a lot of greed in it? I say take the filters off and put the punching gloves on. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is new. I've never heard this before. I'm just saying, how in the hell are we going to all work together if we're all sitting there saying, oh, my way is the best way. And I, I don't want to sit there and knock on the door of transparency and you know, my word tracks for my business, but we can work together if it's a choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, it and, is a choice. I, no, I, I, I completely agree. It's totally a choice. You know, that's the thing we've collaborated through the years. I mean, and yeah. on and off on different things. And, yeah. um, and there's, it's, it's, it's a really big sandbox as I've been told. 
over and over again, you know, but there, um, there's a lot of, you know, sort of factionalism that, that takes place. And I think, you know, Facebook for, for what it's worth, I mean, it brings, you know, all, at least, you know, Mike and Katie, we're friends on Facebook, Bill, we can be friends on Facebook too. But, but the fact of the matter is, is like, we see that activity and we see how people sort of factionalize and kind of fall in line with certain, uh, certain groups and things of that nature. And, and like I said, I'll go back to that in terms of how this virus is treated. Just take it back to that. It's like, you can see how these factions present this information and where they're getting their information from and how they're redistributing things. And, um, you know, I, I'm, if Mike's the car guy, I'm the data guy. Right. So like, I just look at it mathematically and go, look, this is, you know, between 30 and 50 times more lethal than flu. I don't really give a flying F about the volume of cases. Like I'm thinking about, Hey, if my dad comes in contact with this, like it's not going to be good for him. Um, you know, so the flu, he survives every time, you know? So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I look at things mathematically and a lot of people don't, there's a lot of opinion. Like, like Katie says, there's a lot of greed. There's a lot of hubris. Um, and a lot of these, you know, kind of quote unquote brands are sort of built about, you know, around these, these ideals and things of that nature. And so, and I think, you know, we've probably all been guilty of it. Some, you Absolutely. know, either falling in line with this or try, excuse me, trying to purport, purport that things, those things. But fact matter is, is like, this could pave the way for more, uh, for more cooperation um, because it's going to take a lot of things working together. If we don't have a lot of travel and we don't have a lot of face-to-faces, there's a lot of things that we can do to bring multiple vendors on a call. Kind of like Katie was talking about with having a unified report, you could bring in more vendors into that unified report. They just got to want to play nice. You know, they have an API. I know they have APIs. They just don't want to share them. Like, no, we don't have an API. It's like, dude, I can look at your code. You have APIs. You know, so like <laughs> it's there. And you may not even know it's there, but it's there. It's um, there. But no, the what I'd like is they don't want to play nice because a lot of times they're not transparent. And a lot of times like there is that greed. There, there is money to be had by that cloak of, of um, you know, in, not, not being transparent. There's greed and there's also fear. There's fear yeah. that you're going to see through what they're saying to what's real and they don't want that. Well, at the end of the day, hmm. we as vendors, because we're all vendors, I know that makes it sound like a dirty word or something, but no, partners. we serve the needs of the industry one in one capacity or another. And if we could just kind of check the ego and understand that we're getting paid to do a job. And if that means we have to sit and collaborate and we should welcome that. The clips you've heard on this episode come from only two of numerous conversations we have had in less than two months coming into the COVID-19 crisis. And I feature them here because I believe they provide an accurate representation of our awareness and understanding of the situation before it had developed into the full-blown crisis that it is now. But so much has developed since those two conversations that you just heard, the latter being in early March. And we've had numerous conversations since trying to keep up with the rapid development of this crisis. So if you'd like to keep up with these conversations more in real time, then go to our live streaming network on autoconversion.net. In fact, if you go right now to www.autoconversion.net forward slash watch, then you'll be redirected to my YouTube channel where you can subscribe and press the bell icon to be notified when we go live and schedule new events. This is the 
This is the best way to keep up with all of the conversations we have going on from our auto retail marketing webcast series, like you just heard, to the mobility tech and connectivity hour, which features our live weekly webcast and our new mobility mastermind. Now, in the next episode, we'll be concentrating on the opportunity at hand for auto retailers, albeit in a forced way. That is to say, how online shopping tools suddenly matter so much more. So stay tuned. And if you like what we're doing, then be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And hey, be sure to let a friend or two know about the podcast as well. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Auto Converse Podcast. I'm Ryan Girardi. Make it a great day, everybody. to get GMs and dealer principals and, and managers that are old school that really just look at it as bell to bell, no weekends off, that kind of thing. And that's the way it is. It's the way it's always been. Now they're starting to be forced into thinking about, yeah, it may be more uh, beneficial for us health-wise to let some people work from home and, and phone in and work on their computers to follow up with customers at home. And it, it's 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 taken something like this to change that. And that's that's going to be a positive spin that comes out of it. Something serious can still have a silver lining. Absolutely. Yeah. This is Audiburst Media.